3: Welcome back to the program the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. We are glad you are with us. Our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right bring you this particular portion of the program. Go to EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That's EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com to get to the color, the coating, the finish, everything you need, whether you're a homeowner, a business owner, maybe an industrial owner, they can take care of you. Again, go to EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That is EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Joining us now, our good buddy Mike Clemens is here in uh getting us ready for Packers padded practice coming up this weekend, uh, as a fact. But, uh, Michael, uh, look, uh, you know, so far so good. The tests have been very minimal and negative. And uh, so hopefully they're able to to get this thing going once they start actually hitting each other.
4: Yeah, Bill, one of the things I think has found interesting is we're trying to find out now when guys like Mason Crosby and Jay Sternberger, who tested positive or either came in contact with someone with covid we're not allowed into camp, and, uh, you know, they don't divulge what that information is. You have to get that from the player directly as to what the situation is. Did they have symptoms, et cetera? Well, now the question is, when do you get these guys off the list? And uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's kind of hard to determine that. You know, the NFL guidelines for COVID, a couple hundred pages long, but I think at the end of the day you got to get a phone call from Dr. Fauci or Dr. Burt from the White House <laughs> to let these guys back in. <laughs> It's 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 a pretty complex process. We're trying to learn about when can these guys come off the list and get back on the team. So one of the things that we also wanted to talk about was about that practice schedule. Uh, I was, I'm, you know, they're kind of, the Packers are being a little guarded about what's going on on the inside. I think part of it is because they don't want to go through public criticism that they didn't do enough or the right things regarding COVID. The rest of it is just gold old fashioned, you know, NFL football. and It's, you know, us to know and you to find out a couple of players that we talked to talked about, though, that they were pretty gassed. And so I thought, oh, OK, so they're going past the classroom and then, uh, you know, past the weight room to they must be going over to the Hudson Center or to the practice field where the tarp is up and maybe running some gassers running some like combine drills. So I asked Matt LaFleur directly about this, you know, why did he put off that first practice until Saturday when the NFL allows them to start this Wednesday and, and what's going on with the, with the sessions right now?
5: Yeah, Mike, yeah, they're doing a whole, I mean, a lot of different activities from conditioning to, you know, implementing some of the change of direction drills, some of those combine type drills, um, but the reason we're starting on Saturday is we, we gave them an extra day off after these next three days. So we didn't necessarily have to do that, but I just thought, you know, you have three days of strength and conditioning, then you get into some of the phase two type work where the coaches can be on the field and then an actual practice. I thought six days in a row was just too much at this stage. Um, we, I mean, really, when you look at it, through the course of a year you never go six six days straight so just thought it might be a little bit better to to chop it up into you know a block of three give them a day off then do another block of three and give them another day off before we hit you know get closer to putting the pads
4: on
3: so mike how often are they testing for the 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 covid virus do you know
4: they were testing every day now if if they're testing every other day the thing about this is that, you know, I'm trying to move on and, and make this football, but the COVID guidelines are with these guys all day long. And the players, you know, have to adapt to this different culture where you're wearing a bandana, a face mask, a gator, you know, G-A-I-T-E-R. The NFL selling those things now with team logos on them, that scarf that kind of goes around the back of the neck and across the nose and the mouth. And, um, and so... There's so much that's, that's going into that, just making sure you're safe. Because they see the headlines. They see that the Cardinals, you know, have two guys that test positive after playing the Twins, come to Milwaukee, stay at the Pfister, next thing it's four guys, next thing you're up to seven players and six staffers of the Cardinals, and they're, you know, canceling another series against an opponent in baseball. So uh, one question that LaFleur was asked I thought was pretty good about, so with those, that COVID testing, you know, imagine if you work in a warehouse, you probably have to show up to work a little earlier to have your, go through the testing and the questionnaires, and those kind of things before you can report to your station. How much is this COVID testing, uh, affecting the team's daily schedule in camp?
5: Yeah, we're still kind of working through that stuff, but, uh, for the most part, it has presented some challenges in terms of, we don't want to delay the day too long, um, and ideally, in a perfect world, and, and this is kind of what we're going through right now, and we'll get a better indication once we get into our practices, but we're going to try to have the guys come in a little bit earlier, get the testing out of the way, um, and then practice roughly about the same time we did last year. I think the majority of our practices were right at 10:15. We've actually tried to bump it up five minutes um, and allow for some more meeting time and whatnot. But... Um, certainly, it has presented some scheduling challenges, but that's something that we're working through. We're working around. We feel confident that we, we're going to give these guys enough time to get that in because it is an important part of this process. We need our guys to make sure that nobody's infected um, with the COVID. And uh, um, you know, I, I, I think that we're heading in the right direction as far as implementing some of these night practices. That's that is definitely something that we're we're looking at, especially when you look at weeks three and four, I know we're going to have a night game. So somewhere along the line throughout camp, we're going to try to implement a night practice.
3: Mike, I, I'm, for one, I'm somebody that's really anxious to see how this offense is going to unfold year two in the Matt LaFleur offense, year two with Aaron Rodgers running it. I'm just anxious to see what else is going to happen.
4: And I think most fans would agree, you know, Aaron Rodgers, smart quarterback, can read any defense that's ever thrown at him. Makes changes at the lines, you know, usually pretty good. Guy who protects the football. He's just he's his numbers are legendary as to how many uh, completions he's got, how many attempts he's got, and how few of interceptions he throws. But I also think that if you if you look at some of the games a second or third time, you see guys open over the middle, and you say, well, is that some player he doesn't trust? Uh, is there something he sees that we don't see, or did he just flat me to miss that guy? And so, Matt LaFleur was asked directly, you know, there seems to be a tendency where Rodgers is so protective of the football, he just doesn't want to throw it over the hash marks. Unless some guy is wide open, or it's, you know, it was Jimmy Graham last year with his paw up in the air over everybody else. Do you get the sense that Aaron avoids throwing over the middle, and would Matt LaFleur like to see him attack the middle more often?
5: Well, I'd like him to attack wherever the play is designed to attack <laughs> and read it the right way. So is that something you would like to do a little bit more of in your playbook? Um, yeah, you know, I think that's you know we're we're kind of working through uh, all that right now. And ultimately, at the end of the day, he you always want your quarterback to feel confident and comfortable with what what we're asking him to do. I think every game plan's a little bit different. But certainly, I, I was pretty excited. He, I, I can think of one play in particular where he hit Devante on an in-breaker versus Chicago off a of, off of, uh, play-action pass that went for like, I don't know, 35, 40 yards. I thought that was a, a, a great moment for, for us as an offense, for Aaron individually. And we're going to continue to work on, on all those types of things.
3: Let's do this. We'll go ahead and take a quick break uh, as we're here at the bottom of the hour. Mike Clements from NFL Sirius Radio joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Hang in there. We got more with Mike, more from Green Bay coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show. 16 stations strong, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Hi,
2: Zidarius. Can hear me? Yep. 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 I- Ladies just- and gentlemen, how's it going?
4: Good, Z. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I was just wondering, what did it mean to you to be voted a captain by your teammates last year? And I know that it's not necessarily up to you, but would you like to continue wearing that C on your chest?
2: What type of question is that?
3: (laughs) What type of question is that? There you go. Zedarius Smith, and we're going to hear more (laughs) from him uh, coming up here momentarily. This portion of the program Brought to you by our good friends over there at the Biofuels Association. Visit abetterfuel.org. And covering a lot of ground, I'm going to be traveling again this week. And if you get a chance as you drive through all the cornfields that are Wisconsin and beyond the borders, uh, the corn is huge right now. And in August, uh, the corn is all grown up, getting ready to become fuel for your car. A good portion of corn grown right here in the upper Midwest, specifically grown for ethanol as a motor fuel. And I've been telling you about the 20-year-old myths right now, right? And all of those old myths and all those old facts and such you check it out for yourself go to abetterfuel.org that's abetterfuel.org wisconsin farmers manufacturers still hurting and the survey shows that everybody that's very aware of covid You're also very aware that you want to buy local. and unleaded 88 and E85 are exactly that. They are fuels for your car. They are produced by farmers and manufacturing workers right here in our own backyard. It's an easy decision. And if your car is less than 18 years of age, it can almost certainly run on unleaded 88. And if it has E85 badging or the green flex fuel badging on the back or on the gas cap, you can run E85. Go to abetterfuel.org for all the information. That's abetterfuel.org for all the information that's out there. Mike Clement from nfl series radio joining us on the schneider orange hotline and zadarius uh, calling calling out the report what kind of question is that of course i want to be a captain
4: what kind of question is that and so zadarius also going to have to deal with questions about the run game the defense will because of what happened in the nfc championship game against the 49ers packers defense run defense did a good job against a, a good running back against the broncos and against the panthers at home in the slop yesterday. I was watching the 49ers against the Ravens like week 13. It starts to rain in Baltimore and this is a ground attack game, you know, and you got Lamar Jackson making big gains as well. I just you know, the running game is seems to be making a comeback in the NFL. And so what have the Packers done? They did not re-sign Blake Martinez. He got a big contract with the Giants. They bring in Christian Kirksey from the Browns. And then it's the rest of the other suspects in the middle of that uh, defense at inside linebacker with Oren Burks, Curtis Bolton, a kid who looked good in camp last year but had torn ACL. We just got off a teleconference with Brian Goodikins that says they hope to have him available. That he impressed them. Ty Summers, the rookie that you interviewed that plays some special teams, impressed them. Yes. So maybe they think that he can step up. But really, you know, are they ready? To replay that NFC championship game, Dean Lowry and um, Tyler Lancaster on the defensive line let them down. They hope that Kingsley Kiki, second year man, can help, you know, back up Kenny Clark and the rest of those guys in the defensive line. So you talk to Zadarius about, you know, you go into that buzzsaw in the NFC championship game, and for a second time, and you know the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan told us this. At the Super Bowl, Bill, he said we could see the opportunities on the edge of Green Bay. They got these great pass rushers, but if you can spread out their defense and you know, make it look like a pass and keep on attacking them on the edge on the off-tackle plays, they were unable to stop it. And so we talked to Smith, to Zadarius, about not being able to stop Raheem Mostert, who had 220 yards and four touchdowns in the NFC championship game.
2: Uh, It was hard, you know, coming out the last game because in that championship game, they basically beat us. You know, uh, they got on our edges. And like I told you before I left, that's something that we need to work on. Uh, Basically, me, Preston, and everybody in the outside linebacker room uh, setting better edges. So for myself, I know I took that into the offseason and been working on that each and every day uh, to get better at it.
3: There's a lot of things they need to get better at, Mike, and I know you had us uh, listen to Zedarius a little bit earlier, but one of the concentrations this year I'm sure is going to be uh, trying to capitalize on turnovers as well.
4: Yeah, you know, what would you would get this great pass rush, and you'd have three or four guys with like a dozen sacks uh, with this Mike Patton defense, and I also created, you know, some interceptions for the guys on the back end. But one thing that, that you did notice as the season went on is that Zedarius Smith, Preston Smith, One, maybe two, forced fumbles. They get to the quarterback, but they're not getting the ball out of their hand. Now, Mike Smith is the outside linebacker's coach, a guy who I think could be a defensive coordinator someday in this league, Uh, time with the Jets, time with the Ravens as a player himself, and then as assistant, and work with Mike Pettin at the Jets. And so Zadarius was asked if Mike Smith, the linebacker coach, has talked to them about creating more forced fumbles this coming season.
2: Man, it's crazy you say that, man, because Coach was just harping on he was just harping on that yesterday. Like, uh, we had so many attempts, but we didn't a chance to get the ball out. So, he was saying, this year, man, I can see it. Coach Mike Smith, he said, I can see it this year coming to where we're going to have a ton of second balls and forced fumbles. So, I can't wait, man, because Coach speaking it to existence, and we're going to work each and every day at practice, man, to get it done. Well, we can't work at practice to get it done, but we're going to work throughout drills to get it done.
3: It was interesting, Mike, because he really, that, that loss to the 49ers really sat with him. When he sat there right in front of us at Super Bowl, or at uh, when we were down Super Bowl on Radio Row, and even that night that you and I and everybody went out, it, that loss really sat with him.
4: Right, uh, and he knows how, because he was there in Miami, and he realized how close they could have been, you know, and try and take on uh, a game like the Chiefs. And, and, you know, how much is it going to take to get back to that? But one thing that the Packers' defense has in their pockets is it is really a together group. And that's something, you know, you can coach guys, you can bring in good players, but the third level of winning is when the players are working on their own, working for themselves, and they're playing for each other. And so, you know, that's what changed that locker room when Z'Darrius Smith came in and Preston as well. As a matter of fact, Preston Smith, you know, the left outside linebacker, is from the Atlanta area. And, you know, they talk about, they think they've got a core to get onto the next year. Tremont Williams won't be back, but they think guys like, you know, third-year guys like Jair Alexander and Kevin King on the corners. These guys are really impressed with the, what Darnell Savage did on the back end at safety for uh, in his rookie season. Adrian Amos, who comes in. And now they bring in Christian Kirksey, who... You know, Ball indication indications, a good vocal guy that they think they, they've they got a core they can put together. So one key thing is when you talk to Preston Smith is how many guys came to see him, teammates, after that NFC loss, including Zadarius at his house in Atlanta.
1: Uh, we always talked and kept in contact, um, especially like uh, before all this, if Z was in Atlanta, he'd hit me up. That's where I'm from uh. If he ever came near me and I, like, you know, we'll hang out or we'll talk and see if we was, you know, if our schedules can make it to where we can meet up and, and have, um, and eat or something, go out to have some drinks or whatever, and just, just hang out. We talked a lot on the phone about, you know, the upcoming uh season and things we can improve on and, and, and just being excited for what we have to come. We got a lot of guys returning, a lot of key weapons that you know helped in our, our success last year. We got a lot of young guys coming up with bigger roles this year, you know, Darnell Savage, Rashawn Gary. You know, Ja, he's only on his third year and he's one of the best corners of this league in my eyes. And I just know, you know, we got a lot of talent that can help us and a lot of guys that did a lot of good things last year that can um, you know, help us be successful this year. You know, I talked to Z a lot this off season about, you know, the how we feel like going into this season. And I talked to a lot of guys, you know, this year Kevin Kevin King was in Georgia and we hung out. Jair came to Georgia, we hung out. Uh, anybody who came to Georgia, we, we know we pretty much hung out and hang out. Uh, Elton Jenkins, offensive lineman, we hung out. Even though we went to the same college, we always knew each other. But, you know, this this this, this, this defense always – these guys just seem like they welcome us like we've been here for a while, not just only me and Z and us getting so comfortable with each other, the rest of the defense. It's like we came in and welcomed us open arms. They welcomed our leadership, and they were just ready to get better, and that we all had the same common goal, So it made it easier for us to come in and, you know, be successful as a defense and as a team.
3: Mike, how much uh, does Rashawn Gary figure into this?
4: Well, that's you know, that that's the wild card in this equation. A first-round draft pick last year, maybe only 30% of the snaps. You've got these four- or five-year veterans like Zadarius and Preston out there, 800, 900 snaps in the season. You, you can't do that. You're going to burn those guys out. And now is the time for this guy to step up, Rashawn Gary out of Michigan, as an outside linebacker, maybe he can stunt you know, off the line for Pettin as well. And, you know, Petten ran an awful lot of dime last year, which made it pretty tough when it came for Blake Martinez as the sole guy to try and chase down a running back if he's coming out. But you talked to Preston about how much did outside linebacker Rashawn Gary contribute in his rookie year last year.
1: I mean, Rashawn was a guy that, you know, he, he learned a lot last year. He improved on a lot um, going into the season and seeing him work now and seeing his offseason work. Uh, He always had a a lot of athletic, tons of athletic ability that could have been, uh, you know, could have helped us a lot last year. But him learning the system and getting comfortable and and, and finding out what he's good at in this league, you know, coming from college and being a first year playing and learning behind me and Z. uh, He learned a lot. He has a lot of athletic ability. He can always be plugged in anywhere and and play a lot of multiple positions just like me and Z. And he can be a good attribute. He can be a good addition to, you know, the, the defense this year. And he can bring a lot to the table to help the defense out a lot.
3: Let's do this. We'll go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Mike Clemens joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. We'll talk more about this Packers training camp coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk
5: Network. Devontae Adams, bottom of your screen. He's been big in this half, lined up against Melvin this time. Rodgers. Pressure going deep down the middle. His willingness to do whatever it takes, whether it's in the pass game going going to catch a route or, or being a decoy or in the run game, he, he dominated his opponents. And, and I think the opposition sees that and they know that they better uh, put in their mouth guard and buckle up their chin strap every time he's out on the field.
3: Welcome back to the program. The Bill Michael Show continues on. And don't forget our friends over there at Quick Trip. You buy yourself a pothole pizza. Also, you put it to, together with a Coke. And it's not a bad way to go because you use your quick rewards card, you're automatically entered for the uh, the Packers Opening Drive Contest. You could even win a brand-new Chevy. So go see the store for all the details. And don't forget, when it comes to Quick Trip and Tobacco Outlet Plus Grocery, our uh, cigar dinner coming up this Thursday night. We're going to be in the Chippewa Valley and Chippewa Falls at Loopy's High Shore Supper Club. Just a few tickets remain for that as well. So go to TobaccoOutletPlusGrocery.com now and get your tickets. That's TobaccoOutletPlusGrocery. Dot com. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our good buddy uh, Mike Clements from NFL Sirius Radio, giving us a Packers training camp update. And so, uh, look, uh, Alan Lazard. You know they keep saying, "Well, buckle up your chimstrap. strap." How good is he, Mike?
4: You know, he had some stats last year. I mean, he made uh, took advantage of every opportunity he had when he was out there on the field. You know, he came off the practice squad, had a couple of big games against uh, the Lions. Uh, there was one stat that I saw where in passer rating when targeted, in success rate, in yards per attempt, according to sharp football stats, he's like one of the top 10 or 15 last year. I mean, uh, right along other guys that were around in the league, like Michael Gallup, Emmanuel Sanders, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel from the 49ers, the guy was really productive. And so his story is undrafted player Jacksonville Jaguars waived Picked up in December of 2018 by the Packers and on the practice squad. Then, last year at this time, we're in camp. And, you know, is Jamon Moore ever going to make it? Hey, Equinemia St. Brown is looking pretty good. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling looks like he'll be the number two because of that great speed and the height. There's still Jake Kummerall and Darius Shepard, who they've also brought back again this year. He's now wearing number nine because Jordan Love got his number 10 jersey. And we were standing there at Aaron's uh, locker, and he said, Don't forget number 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, this six foot three guy over there who's, you know, kind of smart kid uh, talking to him. And so Rogers started paying attention to him. So we asked Alan, you know, Aaron tipped us off during camp that he was a guy to look for. When did Rogers first approach you and say, Hey, kid, I think you got something?
0: Yeah, so Aaron had actually kind of been in my ear going back to like April, May when we were doing our off season training. Um he kind of was always, you know, just giving me a few tips here and there, always kinda of encouraging me, said he really, really appreciated and liked my game a lot. So just hearing that, um, you know, given that time period and everything was huge for it was a boost of confidence and just a confirmation from your peers, especially someone of, of his status. So as the year went on and kind of just developing that relationship and you know, just constantly getting that nod. And that that uh, that sign of you know good progression from him, um, only just instilled more and more confidence in myself.
3: I, uh, I I'm glad he feels good about where he's at. I, you just, I mean, the biggest thing for Alan Lazard is he just he's he's got to perform. I mean, they need somebody else to step up as that number two wide receiver.
4: And he did, you know. I mean, the Packers' offense looked the best actually with those four weeks and Devontae was out with the turf toe. Remember. And, you know, that's where Lazard had a chance to shine. Now, of course, everybody, you know, every NFL analyst that says when you talk about the Green Bay Packers, they need help at wide receiver. They're going to draft a receiver in this receiver-thick NFL draft, or they'll be active in free agency. They get Devin Funchess from Panthers and Colts. Then he opts out on them because of family issues. So Alan was asked, you've heard all that talk in the offseason that you guys need help at wide receiver what was the reaction with you and Devontae adams and the rest of the receivers to your nfl analyst saying that the packers must add at wide receiver
0: i mean honestly we just kind of laugh at it just because it kind of shows the the little acknowledgement of you know what value we actually bring to the room and to the team um because we know that our job is is very complicated it's very hard and not not too many people can do it so um to hear all the talk about you know they, if they went and got this guy, they would just fit in. And then I don't think they realize how, how difficult it is to, to do our position. Um, offensive, you know, blocking and, and uh, in the pass game as well. So um, we're, we're very confident in ourselves. You know, a lot of us are returning. We've been in the system for this system for two years. If not, you know, have been here at the organization for more um, playing with these players. And so I think it's more so just building this charisma and understanding and trusting each other out there on Sundays.
3: Mike, uh, it's just another example of one of these undrafted guys that makes a name for themselves. It's kind of like you hope uh, they're able to kind of recognize all these players in training camp because they're not going to get a chance to see them in preseason. So guys like uh, Sam Shields, guys like Tremont Williams who've had a really solid career, you got to be able to recognize that talent that you have in camp. Otherwise, just because they're drafted, they may make the team other over guys who aren't, and you may lose a couple of these quality players.
4: Right, and then here's another thing. Maybe there's a team that is deep at wide receiver uh, that the Packers might be interested in if he gets cut, and they would bring him in for competition. But we just talked to Goodikins, who said you cannot bring in guys right now for workouts. When when teams are bringing in um, a free agent like that, a guy in waivers, um, you're, you're bringing him in to sign them. You can't bring him in for a workout. But you talked to Alan Lazard, an, another undrafted guy like you say there, and you know, gee, what do you think about some of these, you know low draft pick rookies or these undrafted players? and there's no preseason games. You only got about three weeks of practice. Yeah you, you know maybe you'll have a little bit of contact. Uh, you know, how lucky is he that he was able to make the roster last year and not this summer?
0: You know, I think when it comes to that, I, I, I don't think you're wrong by saying that there's a lot of talent that's out there that you know maybe the system that they're in, Um, The organization isn't the best for them. Uh, The position that they're playing, you know, it's all about opportunity and timing. And and you really can't control those two things. And so for me as a person, you know, I've never really tried to sweat too much about the things that I couldn't control. You know, I I prepared every single week going up into, you know, week six. um, Like I started, you know, I made sure I had my plays down. I I didn't want to go out there and be put in a position where I was playing and the team was counting on me. And I was able to let them down. So for me, it was just all about preparing and kind of always having that mindset of that. I could, I could go out there whenever my time was going to get called on and to be able to make a big play. And I think, you know, you, you look at that Lions game and, you know, you, everyone sees the, the big catch and everything, but they also forget about the play before that, I had to drop pass. So um, it's all about, you know, kind of keeping that positive mindset, always believing in yourself and never shying away from the moment.
3: Good stuff as always, Mike. Uh, Appreciate it. We're going to talk later on in the week as well. But it should be interesting as we start heading towards Packers padded practices and training camp, and hopefully we have an NFL season that's able to be played. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, first one coming up this Saturday, Bill. Thanks.
3: All right, buddy, talk to you soon. There you go. Mike Clements from NFL Serious Radio joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 85-plus years, they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PROD. Go to schneiderjobs.com. Coming up tomorrow on the program, before we get out of here, you got to the Bucks and the Raptors coming up tonight. The Bucks. Uh, I'm looking for them to look a lot better defensively and uh, keep the turnovers to a minimum. The Brewers and the Twins open up their three-game series. Adam McCalvey is going to be here tomorrow. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette can talk uh, some Packers training camp with us talk with one of our radiocom uh, MBA insiders as well so we got a lot coming up tomorrow on the program I'm hoping to hear more uh, tomorrow as well maybe either before or during the show regarding the big ten season as to whether or not we will have football this fall but uh, but that's gonna do it for us for today and we will back at it we'll be back at it again tomorrow time for us to go have a going soup sure. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels
2: Sports Talk Network.
4: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.
0: Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today.